Hello, my friend. And hello to you, and hello to everyone else who might be tuning in. Welcome to Yes, Okay, But, the show where we disagree while we try not to be too disagreeable. Indeed. And I'm your host, Zeno. And I'm your host, Rev Pete. And this week, we actually get two shows in, in a row on time without skipping anything. <gasps> Amazing, Such isn't Such a it? thing has never happened before. Except for it did. <laughs> okay, maybe a little bit of melodrama included as well, but you know. So yes, we're, we're finally back on track, though. Yes. And uh, although we, we are off on our order, so today, even though it's you know, Sacred Sundays, the atheist gets to rant. Indeed. And, and the world is off its axis yet again. Dun, dun, dun. But today, today, in, in honor of it being you know, the Sacred Sunday, I'm, I'm not going to rant about something at least not initially, that pisses me off about, you know, what Christians do to atheists or something like that. I'm actually upset about what Christians are doing to other Christians. Mm. This, this, this one annoyed me. Um, and I'm, we're going get, to get, get into misogyny to start with. And I know low-hanging fruit. Um, you know, we, we've talked a bit about misogyny in atheist culture, why it's more men than women in, you know, atheism. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when I bring that up, you know, if people, if Christians want to point at us, I'm going to point back at them and go with the old ad, you know, the old line from that TV ad. We learned it from you. I have no idea what ad you're even talking about. Must be a Canadian. Uh, it was like. a drug abuse ad where dad gets like upset at his son for doing drugs. And where'd you learn that? I learned it from you, dad. Yep. No memory. Right. Okay. Anyways, point being that, yeah, there's, a, you know, when, when you have a book that claims to be, you know, the best book and have everything you need to know, and in that book you have the woman causing the man to stumble, verses about, you know, women be subservient to their husbands, verses about I do not let a woman teach, some people are going to get into their head that they can use this book to treat women like second class citizens. It shouldn't be that surprising. This is true. I actually, uh, incidentally, this week I will be doing a, a or the next three weeks uh, on Wednesdays, I'll be doing a three-part lecture specifically on understanding the context of some of those passages. Um, oh, cool. And uh, yeah, that that's a big issue because a lot of people do not understand, you know, the Bible was not written in a vacuum. It was written during uh, some of the most patriarchal misogynistic minded eras of humanity um and so a little bit of that's going to creep into the text and especially when you're reading it through a lens uh where you want to promote misogyny you can really super easily make those verses into something whereas you know two of my friends used to attend a church where the women had to cover their heads with fabric couldn't be in a hat it had to actually be like a doily or a veil uh and they couldn't say anything once they entered the church building they could whisper to their husband and he would then direct their question if need be but yeah that kind of stuff is still flying around today in you know 
2018. And, and the case in point where I really want to make right now is an article I found about uh, a, a woman, Beth Moore, who, what, what is it she runs again? Uh, Living Something Ministries? So uh, Beth Moore has, um, she's a part of Lifeway Ministries right. uh, and has her own independent uh, ministry, as well as um, she's not quite at, to the level of Joyce Myers where her name is slapped on it, but, um, you know, she's got quite a lot of uh, influence uh, in uh, the couple of ministries that she either runs or runs along with. Yeah, and, she, uh, she, she's got a following. Oh, yes. And now I'm, I'm not commenting on her specifically because I don't know her ministry. I don't know exactly what she teaches. Mm-hmm. But I do know that she wrote an open letter recently talking about the misogyny in Christianity and even pointing out things where, you know, as an evangelical leader and meeting with others, she's had to defer to the point of wearing flats instead of heels when around shorter men so as to make these men not feel like they're inferior. Like, how fragile does your male ego have to be to not be able to deal with a woman who's taller than you? (laughs) Tom Cruise comes to mind. There we go. But, you know, stuff like that where, you know, she's had to defer to these men. She's had to, you know, accept ridicule and just, you know, laugh it off as if it's a funny joke. Because, again, men and she's like, you know, Christians, we need to be better than this. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I suppose it's kind of like clockwork. Immediately, some other guy, uh, I think it's uh, Sean Dunn is his name. Correct. Yes. Uh, he, he writes back, first line, be silent. And he, he goes on to try to say that, you know, this isn't because she's a woman. It's just because she's, you know, a bad Bible teacher, I suppose, because she might actually be teaching women that they don't have to defer to men like that. I don't know what the problem is. But tries to make it out that she's just a bad Bible teacher, but then finishes it off with, also, you're a good-looking woman, and it would cross your mind that Christian ministers don't talk to you at conferences because they don't want to be thought to be flirting with you. It's like, And, like, boom. Mind blown that someone can be just this obtuse and this misogynistic, and oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, his, his first argument is, I'm not talking down to you because you're a woman. And then the second half of his argument is, but you're a woman. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of stuff does not fly. Now, granted, um, not sure if he's an actual pastor or if he's just uh, a theologian over in uh, the Southern Baptist. Uh, now, Beth Moore is, was raised in the Southern uh, Baptist uh, churches. Uh, as is uh, Sean Dunn. Uh, so both of them claim Southern Baptist. And the Southern Baptists can be very um, exclusionary. You know, okay. there is the old joke of, you know, St. Peter's uh, bringing people around and, you know, here's our Catholic wing. Uh, and, you know, it's a whole bunch of chanting and, and uh, different kinds of candles and incense coming out of there. And uh, over here's her Pentecostal wing, and the, the building is like jumping up and down as people are uh, clapping and, and dancing in the aisles. 
And then he's like, and you have to be very, very quiet. We're about to cross over into the Southern Baptist wing. And they think that they're the only ones here. Right. There is that kind of a joke. Um, And it is sad that, you know, one, any group of Christians are so extreme in their exclusion that they can be the only denomination that's actually allowed in there. All of the others are heretics. And that's where Dunn starts off his, his argument. So, you know, you, you were saying you didn't know what he felt was why she's a bad Bible teacher. And some of it is she did not finish seminary. Now, right. one, she starts seminary back in 1988. And I totally understand why she did not finish attending a Southern Baptist seminary as a woman back in 88. You mean she didn't want to deal with the misogyny then either? Yeah, because there is a tremendous amount of misogyny. And the mentality of that, you know, do not let a woman teach and all this other nonsense that has so been steeped into the church where they misunderstand those passages and have created an environment in which women are second class at best is terrible. Possibly possessions at worst. Yeah. And and this gets into the second part of my rant for today then, because like the misogyny, yeah, that's the first part. Like I said, that's the low hanging fruit. That's the, you know, like it's freaking obvious. Mm -hmm. Um, The second part then is that, you know, you, you have the Bible, the Bible is supposed to be the, you know, word of God, the inspired word of God. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to hold, you know, the truth that we need in it, right? Mm-hmm. And Christians want to impress this on atheists and Muslims and Jews and like everyone who's not Christian. They're like, look, this book is the ultimate be all end all, you know, check it out. It's awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get from it to such disparate viewpoints that the people using this awesome book are at each other's throats and calling each other out for being completely wrong and completely horrible people. And the rest of us on the outside looking in, we're like, um, the book doesn't seem to be going, doing that good a job. You, you, it, it, it's, it's not working. Oh, now that I have to disagree with you on. The book does exactly what it's supposed to do, which is express the message of Christ. It's people then going, ah, politics, power, money, mine. And so whatever you want to turn to evil, when you have that kind of mindset of money, power uh, mixed, you will always end up with people who have ruined it for everyone else. Doesn't uh, matter. I'm just saying, if what, whatever it's claimed to be, it's really being sold poorly. Now, that I can agree with you on. <laughs> you know, there is a lot of times where um, I feel I need to apologize to people for how other Christians have treated them. Um, it would be so easy if I would just hop onto the uh, no true Scotsman fallacy and said, well, clearly the people who abused you are not real Christians and you know, you can just ignore them. I wish I could do that. Yeah. That to would, that, however, I would say, how do you know? Yeah. You, you can't read their mind. 
that would be very hypocritical of me. And it's one of the reasons why I don't use the No True Scotsman theology. I appreciate that. Um, but, you know, when we are looking at by your fruit shall you be known. That's one of the main requirements that I'm always going to have. And it doesn't There's matter. There's rotten fruit out there. There's a lot of rotten fruit, you know. Mm. And granted, the, the, the fight between denominations has cooled. At one time, it was if we got somebody from a different flavor of Christianity, we burned them at the stake. And in some cases, uh, uh, for the example of John Whitcliffe, the Catholics actually dug his bones up because he'd been dead for a couple of years and then burned his bones at the stake just to make a point. <laughs> you know, we can be really, really heinous to one another when it's this war between power and money. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, to bring it to today, we look at um, Indonesia. I don't know if you were aware of this, but uh, uh, Surabaya, which is one of the major cities over in Indonesia, um, had three of their churches get bombed by uh, what appears to be uh, a family that had been converted over to ISIS when they were in Syria for a few years. Uh, went back home and then today just blew up three churches. Uh, Roman Catholic Church, a Pentecostal church, and I think like a non-denominational. Damn. Um, so, and like, there's at least a dozen who have died uh, from that uh, in addition to the, the family that blew themselves up. But this is what extremism does. This is what exclusionaryism does, where we're the only ones that have this true knowledge, path, whatever you want to put, to God and everybody else is wrong. And so you can dehumanize the other side. Oh, uh, and in the case of John Dunn, he's clearly dehumanized Beth Moore into being just some ditzy blonde woman who should never be speaking in the first place. Mm -hmm. um, and so he may not be strapping on a suicide bomb vest and blowing up Beth Moore's church. But that's the same exact kind of mentality that does that kind of stuff. I'm going to say he's doing his level best to try to destroy it in some way or another. He may not be physically destroying it, but he's clearly uh, attacking her. And he takes great pride, at, you know, reading his letter, he takes great pride in convincing people to disavow Beth Moore and to ignore any of her teachings and not to support her ministry in any way, whether by buying uh, her products or by sending her money. So, yeah, he may not be destroying it physically, but he's definitely working to destroy it economically. Mm -hmm. um, that's... And, and I got to say, like, given this, you know, what, what I'm hearing where you're going, one difference you and I have in our point of view, then, like, you're talking about people misinterpreting Bible passages and mm -hmm. using them, you know, incorrectly, right? Yeah. From from the point of view of an outsider, like, fr fr well, you know, like I've, I wasn't an outsider, but I am now, right? And I'm looking back. Mm -hmm. And from my point of view, I'm not seeing people misinterpreting. I'm just seeing different interpretations. Yeah. You know, each, each interpretation I can see from outside, I can see why each person reached that interpretation of the Bible. 
And I can't, I can say which interpretation does more harm, but I'm not looking at him going, well, you interpreted that correctly and you interpreted it incorrectly. I'm just going, you both interpreted it differently. And one of you really did it in a fucked up way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah from, it does from, become from the outside, that's what you're getting. What and if you're true? wanting to, you know, convince people on the outside, that's what you guys got to realize. We're not seeing done correctly, done incorrectly. We're just seeing done multiple ways. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the reasons why I still teach hermeneutics uh, to various different groups Um, and why I had spent so long in the assemblies of God trying to teach hermeneutics to allow people to see there's a lot of variation of interpretation on there. Um, How do you know the way that you are interpreting is interpreting correctly? Um, for me, that's always going to be, does it allow people to find ways of loving God and loving one another? If it breaks that down, or if you're only emphasizing one and not the other, to me, then you have failed. Honestly, I, I'm, I'm just happy if you guys figure out a way to interpret it that doesn't hurt other people. Yeah. Uh, trying. We'll see. Try. <laughs> Unfortunately, it does seem to be human nature to destroy others rather than to build them up. Oh, we're good at that one. We are. We sadly, sadly are. Oh, what is it? It makes me think back when I played uh, Final Fantasy fourteen, And uh, there was a quote by one of the characters saying that, you know, we are capable of kindness greater than that of angels, and yet we practice acts that would put demons to shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every so often around Halloween, especially out in New Jersey, I would make the comment of, you know, the whole idea of Halloween decorations was to scare away demons, not give them new ideas. <laughs> I think we come up with plenty of ideas on our own. Yep. That we totally do. Yep. Well, I think that covers what I wanted to talk about, making it a bit of a twofer, but yeah, I, it's, I'm, I'm it's a sad comment, but it, you know, it is a, a necessary one, you know, and there's no easy fix solution to it. I've, and, I've heard on, and you're not going point. to make your case any better as long as half the people are making it worse. Well, there is that, um, you know, being in a, a very progressive uh, church, you know, I've I've heard kind of the, well, at least they'll eventually die out as as the answer to, what are we going to do about people who are giving us a black eye? And I'm like, <sighs> see, I just say that about politics. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, one, it's not a really good policy to have you know just this let's wait until they die they can do a horrible amount of damage before they go away and two how do we really know that they're going to die out because this kind of human tendency being a student of history and having read um the religious wars of the sumerian age which was you know about 4000 bc um in which Marduk is great. Tiamat is great. 
uh, no, we say Nun is great. No, we say Apu is great. And then having those groups kill one another doesn't seem to really have, you know, eventually the people worshiping those deities did die out or were conquered by one another and, you know, stopped worshiping Anu and Apu and all of the others. But, but the mindset is still around. The mindset is still around, exactly. And, and case in point, a video I found the other day of a 22-year-old preacher, you know, these kids and their video games and they're drinking coke and playing video games and it's horrible. And like, you're 22. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm like, re really? Like, at that age, you're already? Wow. Okay. So, yeah, dying out isn't quite enough because the old people just teach the young people. Yep. We need to do a better Matthew. job of teaching the young people. Yeah. Uh, well, so. let's keep trying. Yep. No easy fix, but a really important goal to have. Indeed. And uh, thank you to our listeners for coming along with this one. Um, if you have any comments on it, if you think women shouldn't speak, or if you think women should speak up more, or if you think that the Bible works perfectly, or you think it's totally off, yeah, leave a comment. Give us a shout on Twitter or Facebook. We're at YesOKButt, and uh, we would love to hear from you, and we will see you next week. Indeed. All Thanks right. for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.